0: Hello, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter, and I'm here with Deacon Joe, of course. How are you doing today, Deacon Joe? Doing great. We are getting ready for something huge in the parish coming up in a couple of days. What's the huge thing we're getting ready for? Oh, our parish mission. And so we are joined today with our mission preacher, Father Matthew, who's going to be giving the mission for us, is with us for our podcast today. Can you say hello to everybody, Father Matthew.
1: Hello, everybody. It's wonderful to be here. Hello, Father. Hello, Deacon. Thank you for having me on today.
0: One of the gifts that Father has is he is a chaplain, especially to high schoolers. And high schoolers must be very difficult to be a chaplain for because we can be a little bit rebellious or, yeah, kind of probing into the truth of everything. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in high school, I used to drive one of my teachers nuts, just asking her questions all the time. And eventually she said too many questions. So that was my (laughs) nature is that I was I was actually pretty quiet in high school but when I found somebody that I really trusted I would kind of I saved all my words for that person and I would overwhelm me with that that person so that was a description of me in high school what were you like in high school Deacon James?
2: oh I was uh, much the uh, extrovert the glass clown and uh uh just uh had a, had a really great high school experience but it was uh turbulent times that my uh Uh, I'll age myself a little bit. I'm actually going to have my 50th class, high school class reunion in October. So I was in school during the the 70s with Vietnam. And, you know, our biggest worry was, are we going to get drafted after we get out of high school? You know, so, but uh, yeah, I was in a, I was in the high school band, but I was in a little rock band too. And, but uh, uh, one of the best things about high school for me, was, that's where I met my wife. So we were high school
0: sweethearts. Mm. Wow. What was Father Matthew's experience in high school? Tell us about high school, Father Matthew.
1: High school. I, I was I was born and raised in San Diego, so my high school years were were out here in San Diego, and where I'm currently assigned as a priest as well. And I was actually my high school years um, might have been a little bit different than than the normal experiences. I was homeschooled. Um, my, my family decided to do that when I was in fifth grade. And we were able to plug into a beautiful um, homeschool group, and and that's actually a big part of my faith journey, was because we were supported and and sort of formed, so to speak, by the other families. My family wasn't was was doing the bare minimum of practicing the faith. I didn't have much uh, understanding of the faith, and through these other families, they really brought us in. And you know, the cool thing to do was to go to daily mass or to like stop the park day to like pray a Divine Mercy chaplet um and so i'm actually very thankful for those years and the friends Uh, and a lot of the friends that i made there um you know i'm still in touch with today Uh, and i'm very thankful for for all that it was a beautiful experience
0: so your experience of high school was one of being homeschooled and now you're assigned to a uh, a catholic high school as a chaplain so (laughs) high school experience you're now having as as a chaplain uh different, the your experience of high school and the, the high school experience that these kids are having. What is it like to be a high schooler today in a Catholic high school in San Diego?
1: Wow. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a different experience. I think being a high schooler at a Catholic high school is certainly a different experience from being a Catholic uh, in a high school back when I was in high school and much different than being a Catholic homeschooler in high school. Um, but what I'm, what I'm finding uh, today is that there, there is a great desire for the truth uh, there is a great desire to take seriously the faith in, in many ways, especially as a sort of reaction at times to what you see um, in, in other places and in, in other areas in high school years. Um, so so young kids are being um, exposed to things that that are drawing, starting to draw them away from God, and so at that young age, then you have kids already starting to react to that, which is really beautiful. Um, at the high school that I work at, for example. We put out a list uh, for kids to sign up for one-on-one sort of spiritual direction with us um, chaplains and we have over 100 kids on that on that list. Um, and so that's a beautiful a beautiful sign there right in the midst of everything else.
0: And can you give everybody some context like how big is the high school in general
1: how many kids do you have from freshman through senior year at your high school? Sure. So our high school has um 1600 students Um, so it is a bigger high school I think in terms of Catholic high schools but when you think about it uh, to have over a hundred that like put in the effort to want to meet one-on-one with a priest um, obviously there's a lot more that are involved in other ways in their faith whether it be through campus ministry or prayer um, gospel uh, bible studies and whatnot Uh, But uh, for uh, over 100 to put in the effort to want to go meet one-on-one with a priest, that to me is is quite telling. (laughs) Good. Deacon Joe,
0: why don't you tell us about our sponsor for this week's podcast?
2: Okay. Our sponsor this week is St. Jude's Lenten Parish Mission. It's going to be February 18th and 19th. That's this uh, coming Sunday and Monday at 6.30 p.m. in the church. And it's featuring... Our guest today, Father Matthew Maxwell, and our topic is, Do This in Memory of Me, a deeper look at the greatest gift left to the church, the Eucharist. And one other extra kind of little extra added attraction is on a Sunday evening following the mission, Father Tiroff and Father Maxwell will be uh, hearing confessions after the mission that night. Good. So our... This is all about the mission,
0: essentially today in our podcast, because our our guest is about the mission and our our, um, our sponsor is the mission. So before we go into like why people should come to the mission, I think you gave everybody a little bit of a of a hint of your background when you described the friends and the um, the community that you're a part of in high school. But can you tell your vocation story to everybody? How is it that the Lord called you to be a priest?
1: Sure, sure. Um, so I, I always trace it back to, to sort of um, the beginning to being a sort of funny event in my life. I mean, we did start homeschooling. We started to get to, we to, get to know some very good Catholic families and friends. And one day uh, at a daily mass, one of my friends who I looked up to, he asked me if I wanted to be an altar server. And I flat out told him, no, thanks. That's not for me. And so he said, okay. And he um, he then proceeded to take me over and said, hey, I wanted to introduce you to to the priest, Father Larry. And I said, all right. So I went over and he said, hey, Father Father Larry, this is Matt. Um, and Matt wants to be an altar server. He said. And so and I looked at him, jaw dropped. But of course, there in front of the priest, I didn't have the guts to say no. So <laughs> I started um I started altar serving, and well, that, needless to say, put me in contact. Um, with uh, very closely with the mass, with the priesthood, um, and getting the guidance um, from from the priest there at the parish, um, and that butted into also then having my own uh, life of prayer, and and I really in terms of like where my I started sensing a vocation, what it flowed out of, and and I'm sure um, Father and Deacon can also speak to the same, but it really flowed out of eventually that life of prayer, that one on one time with God. And and while others around me were saying like, oh, you would make a good priest or maybe I was reading something that really encouraged me to the priest to, that one on one time with the Lord was where I really started sensing that he was asking something of me or showing me. So from an early uh, high school years from my early high school years is when I started basically saying that, yeah, I want to be a priest um, that got a little bit sidelined. Um, as the years went on, I went off to college um, and, and maintained the faith and the practice of the faith and everything, but I didn't have as much clarity at that moment about what that would look like, taking those concrete steps. And so it wasn't until um, almost two years out of college that I that I actually ended up joining uh, the religious order that I'm a part of, Mila's Christi, uh, and going to, into seminary.
0: So I discovered as well when I was uh, discerning my own vocation that Adoration of the Lord in the Holy Eucharist is essential. I remember distinctly a very simple tabernacle, a wooden tabernacle in Moscow, Russia, where I was a missionary at, and just spending hours in prayer before that simple simple tabernacle, um, which I can remember to this day had a, a red painting of a rooster on the front mm-hmm. of it. But um, the, the Lord was present inside of it. So the tabernacle was not the, the strength. It was the strength of God present in the Holy Eucharist inside of it took me on my own spiritual journey
1: mm-hmm. beautiful yep
0: you, you probably heard of um butker who was the kicker for the kansas city chiefs how oh, many yeah. his first name yeah. what's his first name um anyhow he mm-hmm. went through a conversion experience much like yours where he ended up mm-hmm. being an altar server and it took him oh, deep yeah. into the spiritual life and so mm-hmm. uh, i'll pull that out is everybody still excited about the super bowl last week well they were excited unless uh you're uh i won't go too deep because i don't want to <laughs> enemies here
1: (laughs) well he did he did kick he he did kick the uh he set a record there right for the longest field goal in the super bowl so
2: yeah he did
1: yeah there were a couple of records set yeah so let's pivot towards the
0: mission and ask um well what is a parish mission and why should people come to this mission
1: sure sure that's a good question so it's a part of the tradition of the church which already i think is something telling um shows the the beauty and the importance of these moments Um, the the church has always uh, tried to nurture and foster our relationship with God of all of the faithful that make up the church right interested in our particular path and knowing that we're fed um, weekly through the sacraments special sacrament of the the mass on, on Sunday through our own prayer life and that in addition to that those normal ways in which we encounter the Lord it's very helpful at times to sort of like have a, have a moment to step back, to maybe reset a little bit, to refocus, to go deeper as well with the Lord. And, and so as sort of a mother, um, the church has offered us these opportunities in, in a variety of ways. One way, obviously, that maybe is already standing out to our minds is, for example, a retreat when we take time aside from the normal uh, hubbub of daily life to, to, to focus on the Lord. Um, and 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 another way that throughout the history of the church that this has been done, especially maybe for those of us who don't have the the time or the ability to go on a dedicated retreat, but we still want to recharge our spiritual batteries, uh, one of the ways that it's done that is just through a, a parish mission, which is within the parish community context. Uh, having through talks and through reflections and prayer time, through the availability of the sacraments, like the mass Mass that we'll have this weekend, as well as, as the confessions, being able to delve deeper into certain aspects of the faith, being able to re-enkindle our, our fervor, uh, our love our love for the Lord. Uh, that's what all of the, all of this is aimed at. And I think it's particularly beautiful while a retreat, a personal retreat does have its place, I think it's particularly beautiful at a parish level, parish mission, uh, when the entire community is sort of focused on and and dedicated intentionally approaching this opportunity to re-encounter, to go deeper with the Lord. It sort of builds everyone up.
0: So I would point out that our our people get busy, too, and they want to go on retreats, but there's not enough time to be able to go away for five days or even a a month-long spiritual retreat like an Ignatian Exercises retreat. Um, They can't do it, but they can come for two nights. And so we're trying to accommodate people where they are, meeting souls where they're at.
1: Sure, Something very accessible, exactly. Very accessible, but yet because we put in that small effort of maybe carving out an hour or two on an evening, um, the Lord then responds with a flood of graces, right? So something that seems so simple can give a lot of fruit.
0: I would point out, too, that when we create that space for our Lord to work, we're, like, allowing uh, graces we've received in the past to well up once again. So maybe we had a powerful retreat experience years ago or just the last Sunday Mass, the last communion that we went to. There are graces that are there, and when we go on a parish mission, it's like stirring up the, uh, stirring ourselves up, stirring our, our souls up. I, imagine if you would, like, a glass of milk and you put the Hershey syrup inside of it. It mm-hmm. just sits there until you stir the whole thing up. And it's there, but it's not chocolate milk yet. You've got to stir it up. And that's what the mission does. It allows not just the grace of the mission to come to pass, but graces that we've already experienced within our lives to work together with the grace of that mission in order to make us the people of God that we're designed to be.
2: Well, Father, I'm going to circle back just for a minute. So uh, we talked a little bit about our high school life, and we know that you're a chaplain. So what what's a typical day at the high school like for you?
1: Sure. So our, our day, um our, our day at the high school, uh the days that I'm working there, because I'm actually part-time chaplain at high school and then part-time out of college. At the high school, it'll start with mass in the morning. And then that will move into I'll actually do my own personal holy hour since mass is is before class a little bit early. I'll actually do my own personal holy hour there at the school chapel um following mass, which I always think is a, a beautiful way, not only to start out my day, but to start out sort of the day for the work there and asking the Lord to work on campus and calling down the graces for the students uh, as we do our ministry. Cool. And then it moves into um, <laughs> the, the the life there at, at the high school. I don't know, it's sort of like, sometimes you're like a catcher, you know, and, and you don't really know what the pitcher's pitching. So you just gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta move with the It's a curveball to the right. It's a sinker. You know, it's a fastball coming in hot. And uh, you got to be ready for all of that. So the normal rhythm, let's say, is going to be like we have the ability to go to the theology classes. So all the kids have mandatory religion classes. And of the kids that are on our have signed up for spiritual direction to actually call them out of class. And and then um, have those one on one conversations. So that's the normal rhythm. We're trying to do that throughout the day. And then you sprinkle in there the person who randomly stops in for, for a confession or for some spiritual guidance. Um, some maybe uh, helping out the you work also with the admin or the teachers who also have those questions or needs on a spiritual level. You have the community blessings and and ceremonies uh, groups. There's formation groups. We have on the chaplain of the pro-life group. We have a pizza with the priests on Thursdays at lunch and these kinds of things. So a little bit of everything keeps on your toes, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Very good. That's interesting.
1: What time do you get to go home? What time do you go back to the religious house after the school? So it's it's not that late. Uh, we'll end the the school day ends at 2:20, and if if you know I cross my fingers hard enough throughout the day, I can sneak out at 2:18 before the trip before the traffic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, sounds like a great life actually. So <laughs> at, circling back to the mission now, and we've got the mission coming up this this weekend, and Uh, just to prove myself that I can get these days and times right. The mission is on Sunday night, February 18th, and Monday night, February 19th at 6 30 p.m. And um, people who are listening to us might be saying, I don't know why I should go to the mission. And how would you respond to
1: them? Why should someone come to the mission that you're preaching? So I would say someone should come to this simply because as Christians, I don't think as Catholics, we should never just settle for like, oh, I'm doing just fine. I'm doing enough. The Lord gives us so many opportunities to go deeper with him, to enter deeper into that relationship. And that's what everything is aimed at. That's what our holiness is, is that that union with, with God, with our Lord. And as St. John of the Cross would say, it, God is always more because God is infinite. And so he can always offer us more of himself. Uh, and there really will never be a point in any of our Christian lives. where, we're like, oh, I've got a great plateau. Let's keep it here. Uh, and he's always going to be saying, hey, look, we can take a step further. And this these are offered like the mission, our opportunities to do that. So if if I if I want to take my faith seriously, I, I would say it's great to uh, sort of harness these moments to go deeper with the Lord.
0: One last question. A lot of our people have heard of Protestants having missions or these tent revivals. And um, of course, you're a better preacher than they could ever put forward, so that's good. But answer their question, why would I go to a Catholic revival? Aren't all religions the same? You run, I run into that sometimes, I'm sure you have
1: to, mm-hmm.
0: you need to, to tackle that. Is Catholicism different from the other religions of the world?
1: Right. Yes, Catholicism is definitely different. We say um, that we know through our faith we have the fullness of the truth, so we might find good elements, um, some some helpful elements on our path with God here or there, uh, but the fullness of the truth is c- contained within the Catholic faith, And and if I'm Catholic and I step away from that, I could actually say, Um, that's that's even slightly dangerous because I might be introducing things that aren't that fullness of the truth into my life of piety or my relationship with the Lord. But just from the the flip side of that, it's like, why wouldn't I want the fullness of the truth? Right. Like if I found the best ice cream shop here in San Diego, I'm not going to if you come and visit me, Father, I'm not going to take you to the second best. I'm going to take you to the best. Thank you. I, I Consider that a great honor. Maybe I'll let you do that for me when I go
0: to
2: San Diego. Divine <laughs> Providence allows me to go there. Father, we want to thank you for being with us today. We're looking forward to seeing you in person this weekend and really looking forward to hearing your message. Father Chiraff, will you give us a blessing as we go forth today?
0: The Lord be with you.
2: And with your spirit.
0: May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen.